streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and BlastTheRadio.com, this is The Lowell Green Show. The number to call and be heard around the world is 613-413-2217 or email Lowell at BlastTheRadio.com. And now, here is Lowell Green. Just before I start the program, I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of advice. I don't know if there are any other pigeon fanciers out there, maybe chicken fanciers, but a strange phenomena is occurring here at the Coupe de Carp. The past two or three nights, there has been a veritable chorus of coyotes. In fact, they were so loud last night that um, the local people around here have a little website, uh, sort of a neighborhood website, I gather, and uh, someone went out and recorded them, and, and uh, I've been listening to it this morning. There's obviously uh, several coyotes, and they were in full chorus last night uh, for several hours. It was quite spectacular. Now, uh, the reason I'm asking if there are any pigeon fanciers or bird fanciers of any kind is, for some strange reason, for the past two days, my pigeons have refused to come out of their house. Ordinarily, there's a little door. We let them out, and they, they're free to fly anywhere. They don't fly very much, but they're free to come up into the trees or on top of the roof of the, of the shed that they're in. But for some reason, the past two days, they have refused to come outside. And I'm just wondering if they have heard the chorus, the coyote chorus at night, and they're saying to themselves, uh-uh, we're not taking any chances on that. I don't know. It, uh, it's just, as I say, very, very strange. Ordinarily, particularly in a lovely day like yesterday, they come out. We, we, we have a little bath for them outside, change the water every day, and ordinarily they come out, and they just love to take baths. They're, they're fighting each other to get into this bath. But uh, not the last couple of days, and the coyotes, the coyotes boy, I tell you. And, and, and uh, by the way, in, in regards to birds, ordinarily we see all kinds of wild turkeys around here. In fact, for all summer long, pretty well, there was a great big tom that was coming every day. We have a bird feeder, my sister-in-law who lives with us, has a big bird feeder out in the backyard. And, of course, the birds and the squirrels come and they knock some of the seeds onto the ground. So every day this great big turkey tom would come, gobble, 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 and uh, gobble up the seeds along the ground. But we haven't seen him lately. I haven't seen any wild turkey so i don't know if the the coyotes are getting them or what but uh yeah well, you know, tur- you know turkey's you know got turkey's got the word out to your pigeons and, uh, <laughs> maybe i don't know what's going on but you know it, actually john it's really amazing i mean yeah here we are this is one of the wonderful things about living in ottawa because we do i mean we we live in this is the city of ottawa we're only maybe <clears throat> couple of kilometers from uh, Canadian Tire Place, yep. uh, only about a kilometer and a half from North Canada, and yet we're out in the wilds. You've been out here. I mean, it's, we're all it's trees and everything, and we are essentially on the edge of a forest, only, a, what, a 15, 20-minute drive from downtown Ottawa. Right. Not too many cities anywhere, I don't think, that can boast that. I don't think there's that many cities that can boast a chorus of coyotes you know in the downtown area for that matter all right to the uh, so if anybody has any any ideas any experience in this do you think the coyotes number one are getting the wild turkeys and number two do you think they're scaring the bejabbers out of my birds well mike uh, says the, mike says he's ahead. had the same problem when he used to have chickens coyotes and also fishers and believe it or not i've caught a couple of raccoons trying to leave with a free meal as well doesn't answer the question though that you're asking are they responding to the coyote calls? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 quite astonishing. And what was really neat was, as I say, the neighbor recording the chorus. They're really something to, to have you ever heard a, a whole chorus of either wolves or coyotes? 
I, it's I, I, really I, something to really something to hear, John. I don't think I have loons. Yes, now, but that's not a I'm scare. A, I'm a, is that, I must tell you that for many years I lived up in Wakefield or near Wakefield, and we were just maybe a couple of stones throws from Gatineau Parkway, and there wasn't coyotes there; it was wolves. And I perfected a very good wolf call, and I would go out at night and drive the neighbors crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> and I would start to call the wolves. And very often, I would get them responding. I'd get, you know, from four or five different locations in Gatineau Park, I'd have the wolves responding to me. It was great fun, great fun. We, have, sure we have to hear this now, Lowell. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> well, you can, you can see why the wolves would respond to that. I also do a wonderful moose call, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> it sounds like a very constipated Is moose. Is that that's, why there was a moose outside your studio at CFRA once upon a time? <laughs> All right. Let's get on with the program. Yes, get sir. serious here. Yes, sir. Um, start the program with some good news and uh, some bad news. First, the good news, okay? Despite all of the stories that are circulating, uh, almost all nurses and other hospital employees are complying with rules concerning vaccinations. No staff shortages are expected in any Ontario hospital because of it. Compliance at Ontario hospitals today ranges between 97 and 98 percent. And very, very, very few nurses are refusing to become fully vaccinated. As a matter of fact, most nurses are desperate to be vaccinated. And in some cases, they're now uh, asking to get a booster shot. And by the way, um, residents of long-term care in Ottawa, I think most, if not them all, most of them have now received their booster shot. So that's the good news. The bad news, or maybe maybe I should temper this a little bit and say the worrisome news is things are not looking very positive concerning Line 5. Now, some of you may recall that for several months now, I have been warning that Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer may win the day and block Line 5. Now, if there's some new listeners here, you're not familiar with Line 5, this is vital for Ontario and Quebec. Line 5 is a line that brings oil down uh, through Michigan, Wisconsin, down through Michigan, underneath the Straits of Mackinac. That's between lakes, what, Michigan and Superior, and uh, then down to Sarnia. It supplies about 50% of all of the oil products in the province of Ontario, about 40% in Quebec, about 50% of gasoline that we burn, and a high percentage of jet fuel used at Pearson International Airport. So if Line 5 is shut down, this is, I'm not going to use the word disaster, but this is not good news. We're, we're unclear where we would get other supply. I mean, how are we going to replace about 50% of the gasoline and natural gas? Uh, so if Line 5 is shut down, among other things, I think you're going to find long lineups at, at gas pumps, and I think you're going to have great difficulty heating our homes this, uh, this winter. I don't want to scare people, but certainly it's going to be much more expensive if Line 5 is shut down. Now, as you probably know, the governor... Uh, Gretchen Whitmer has been after Line 5 for a number of months now. She threatened to shut it down in May. 
we, you know, we protested somehow or other, and uh, there have been negotiations. And so finally, the the governor of Michigan said, well, I won't shut the line down while the negotiations are underway. But the negotiations broke down about three weeks ago. And now Whitmer says she has no interest in starting those negotiations again. And now she is starting to apply other pressure. Uh, a large number of environmental and uh, and original or, or aboriginal groups have joined her in her campaign. Uh, they have now a petition with over 33,000 names, including some very powerful people, including the uh, attorney general of Michigan. And they are presenting that petition to Biden, President Biden. They are asking Biden to intervene because uh, somehow or other, Canada, in its last-ditch attempt to, uh, to, to stop the, the, the uh, shutting down of the line, has introduced uh, apparently a treaty that was signed in 1977. I'm operating from memory here, but 1977, which Canada claims gives them the right to continue with Line 5. But uh, there are a number of lawyers in Michigan and elsewhere who are saying, no, no, this is nonsense. Michigan does have the right. So they are appealing to Biden right now, President Biden, to say, listen, you know, in, enforce, enforce Michigan's right to shut down Line 5. So I'm going to tell you, by the way, when I say that there are a number of environmental and native groups that support Michigan governor, a number of those native groups are here in Canada and a number of environmental groups in Canada. If you can imagine, we've got native groups, environmental groups right here in Canada, right here in Ontario, who want Line 5 shut down. I mean, it, it, it just boggles the mind. I mean, environmentalists, presumably, they heat their homes as well. I'm sure that they all ride bicycles and, uh, you know, and, and walk around with Birkenstocks so they don't have to worry about automobiles, I guess. But, I mean, if, if we can't heat our home, if, where, where are we going to get natural gas? If about 50% of our natural gas supply, well, and by the way, I must also, I forgot to mention propane as well. Almost 100% of propane that we burn in Ontario, and a good chunk of it from Quebec, uh, is as it comes through Line 5. It's all refined at Sarnia. So, among other things, of course, it, they, they, they say that it would cost about 5,000 lost jobs in Sarnia if Line 5 is shut down, lost jobs across the rest of the province. But essentially, we're, if they shut down Line 5, and I, I know that people are saying, oh, well, they never do it. Yeah, well... There's a lot of people in, in the United States who want to shut down Line 5. Now, the argument, the argument is, well, well, they're not going to shut it down because Michigan depends upon particularly propane from Line 5 as well. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, come on. Michigan can acquire its propane and natural gas from other sources, believe me. Uh, you know, they, right now, you're quite right, they, they rely to a fair degree on Line 5. But you can be damn sure that if they shut down Line 5, they'll have some alternate sources. To my knowledge, the only alternate source we have right now here in, in Ontario is to truck it from someplace. Uh, but that, that's pretty well the extent of the, uh, the emergency uh, resources that we would have. So I just I throw that out, folks. Once again, once again, and I've said this time and time again, it points out the absolute and utter madness, neglect, I would say almost criminal neglect to leave essentially our energy security in the hands of a foreign power is unbelievable. I mean, if, if, if Michigan decides to shut this down and Joe Biden agrees with them, 
we're we're up, you know what creek without you know what. Uh, and let's face it, I mean, Joe Biden is no friend of Canada. He's demonstrated that on more than one occasion. So if Joe Biden, now there's, I mean, there are other people in, in the United States who say don't do this. But the environmental movement is very, very strong, and particularly when it is joined by large numbers of Native groups, including here in Ontario, which I, once again, I just find absolutely astonishing. Some of your neighbors who are environmentalists want to shut down Line 5 and essentially, you know, double, quadruple, whatever. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that if Line 5 is shut down, we're in big trouble here. That's, I just want to pass that along to you just to, to keep you informed once again. Once again, those, those environmentalists are risking our economy, and I believe even risking our lives. I mean, if, if they double the cost of natural gas, so there are people who are going to freeze to death. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't want to frighten anybody, but, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade, right? It's the way I see it. And while we're talking about environmentalists, yesterday several people raised the issue of what they said were 700 new windmills being built near Embram. Now, I spent a lot of time researching this. I can find no such story. I think what they are talking about is the Nation Rise Wind Farm in Stormont. Uh, this, by the way, has been operational since June. Now, there's quite a story here because this was a contract signed by, you guessed it, Kathleen Wynne. <clears throat> there was a lot of opposition locally and elsewhere, but uh, Wynne went ahead. I mean, the windmills, as far as she was concerned, are going to save us all, right? They and solar panels. So she signed the contract, but the, one of the first things that Doug Ford did when he came to power, he canceled about 750 various wind and solar projects and other green energy projects, including, by the way, the Nation Rise wind farm. The, the Ford government canceled it. But as you can imagine, the, uh, the, the this was taken to court and a left-wing, I presume, uh, superior, Ontario Superior Court, Superior Court judge said no and overturned the banning. So they went ahead and they can they completed. It's about 300 windmills, not 700. So just one more example. And uh, by the way, <laughs> just I have to tell you this. I mean, here we go again. All of these fight the billions of dollars spent, and you know you can imagine the kinds of legal fees, among other things that we have spent trying to cancel some of these things and deal with them, et cetera, et cetera. So today, well, the sun isn't shining very much, at least not around here, but there's a good breeze. But today, uh, right now at 1 o'clock, which is um, just an hour and 15 minutes ago, uh, we were burning 15,999 megawatts of power. Of that, wind was providing, wind was really blowing, 603, solar, 148. So between the two of them, wind and solar, right now, billions and billions and billions of dollars that we have spent and continue to spend as almost 40% of your hydro bill to pay for windmills and solar. Right now they are producing, well, at one o'clock, 4.69% of all of the power, less than 5%. All the anguish, the money, the, the destroyed, the 2,000 destroyed trees, destroyed landscape, <clears throat> all of the farmland killed, or, you know, submerged in, in solar panels, less than 5%. Yesterday, it was 2.8%. 
The day before that, it was 2.5%. The day before that, it was under 3%. Folks, this is what they're, this is what they're saying, that petroleum is finished. We don't, this is why they're, they're saying we can kill Line 5 because we don't need oil anymore. Well, we, you know, today we could provide almost 5% of our needs with wind and solar. So I guess that's good enough. Crazy, eh? John, we got any comments on any of this? We have got a ton. Here we go. Beginning on Facebook. By the way, we are live on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Twitch. Um... What am I missing? We're a bunch of places. Oh, yeah, BlastTheRadio.com. We're there as well. <laughs> Anne says, open up all the dams. Uh, let me see. Glenn, with the new... Uh, hang on. Call What's that? Up. Open up all the dams. Open What's up that? all the dams. I guess she's encouraging hydroelectric. Well, yeah. Actually, she's got a good point. On any given day, we, we use only about half the, the, uh, the capability, the capacity of, uh, of hydro, in other words, falling water. Yeah, she's, she's right. The, the, the dams can be open, but we're not utilizing the, the power from it. Go ahead. Chrissy's on the phone if you are prepared to take a call, Lowell. Oh, of course, of course. 613-413-2217. Chrissy, go ahead. You're on live with Lowell Green. What's on I your mind, Chrissy? Yeah, hi. Well, hi, this line's five. I don't get what's there to gain by shutting this down, and why isn't there government or more talk about this right now? Well, the reason that they want to shut down this this line, I mean, one of the problems here, Chrissy, is that Governor Whitmer and the environmentalists have a point. This line five, this is a, a, a pipeline that runs underneath the Straits of Mackinac. If there is a break or a leak of any kind, it could pollute the entire Lake Michigan, all right, which would destroy the water supplies for the state of Michigan and, and probably elsewhere. So they have a point. This line was built, was completed in uh, 1953. It's 68 years old. Oh, wow. So wow. that's that's the concern, and they have they've got some valid concerns. There's no question about it. The pipeline is 68 years old. There have been a couple of okay. One of the problems that 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 they have is while there are signs do not anchor here on more than one occasion, boats have dropped anchors and have dragged the line a little bit and caused some damage. Never has been a leak. But you know what's really exacerbated the situation? That big oil spill mm -hmm. now in California is from exactly mm -hmm. that, a pipeline that was damaged by an anchor. So this okay. has really, really brought this to the fore. Oh, this would be just yep. so disastrous. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're, you're, thank you. I'm glad you asked because it was, I hadn't yeah. explained that. A lot of people don't understand. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you. Go ahead, John. We've got some more uh, comments there. Yeah, Glenn says, with the new land border rules, we, the Canadian double-vaxxed, will not have an American antigen test to get into the U.S. But to get back into Canada, our own country, we will still have to provide negative PCR test, almost a police state. What are the listeners' opinions, Glenn is asking. Uh, let me see. Craig says, Whitmer's reckless move would put 33,000 jobs in peril. It would be a $5 billion hit to the regional economy. Lori says, isn't that why we have a government? Keep Line 5 open. This could be a disaster. Uh, another comment on Facebook, uh, or on Facebook, pardon me, from Kathy. She says, this wouldn't be happening if Canada had a conservative government. Uh, Helen chimes in to say, why are we not hearing from our government about this? I am very worried. I just want to point, point out something else, and that is that 
if if we had gone ahead with Energy East, as you recall, Trudeau forced the cancellation of Energy East, which would have brought a pipeline through to New Brunswick. Um, if we had Energy East in operation, we wouldn't have to worry about Line 5. We could use Energy East, excuse me, as an, in an emergency situation. And Energy East, if it was in, in operation, would provide all of the oil and gas and natural gas that we need. Just want to point that out. Go ahead, please. Uh, Craig says it's been about 65 years and has had very few issues. They would know very quickly if there was a leak and they would be able to shut it down. Got a call coming in. Our friend Barry hasn't chimed in in a while. You want to take a call from Barry? Sure. Go ahead, Barry. Barry, you're on with Lowell Green. Go ahead, sir. I thought something had happened to you, Barry. We haven't heard from you in about a month. You okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Not a problem. I'd be be texting quite often, Lowell. Oh, I know that. I know that. What's on your mind? Yeah, no. Well, line five, Lowell, I think, uh, you know, if they want to threaten us with being cut off, uh, I know the last time I looked on the on the Internet there to see the pipeline distribution in Canada, it showed line five going into the states, uh, I think, roughly around the Manitoba, Wisconsin, Minnesota border somewhere. And then That's it branches right. off. It branches off into what I believe is line six, which goes straight south into Indiana, I think, or maybe Chicago somewhere. I'm not sure, but uh, I know there's two branches of it. So there's other states that are relying on on that oil besides Michigan and the the propane or whatever it's being pumped through it. And uh, I think if uh, Michigan cuts us off, and I can see their reasons for it uh, pollution-wise, but uh, I think they should give us time to uh, maybe run a branch from Line 5 around the lakehead and bring that down into Sarnia might be a year or two, but they could also uh, try and try and get uh, Enbridge to do some work on the line that exists and reinforce it. Because well, there are, there, excuse me, Enbridge is is uh, doing some work. That's one of the arguments. But I mean, it's out of the here. Here is my major complaint. It is unconscionable that we are allowing, that we have allowed ourselves in a sovereign nation to leave our energy security in the hands of a foreign government, and a government which today is led by a man who is not very friendly towards us. Now, uh, Barry, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned Line 6. Here's, here's one of the problems, because Whitmer is only concerned about Line 5 as it goes under the Straits of Mackinac. So she can shut it off there, but she can still access, Enbridge is still going to provide line five, but she can well, cut it off where it enters Canada, and, and she well, still can access it. Well, Lowell, I think Enbridge and our government should force Enbridge to shut that line off. If Michigan cuts us off, then cut off those other states and let them squawk and complain to Michigan about what's happened to them, seeing as they're getting no propane or oil from, from Canada anymore. And it, as soon as she cuts her off, they should start, like I said, a line from Line 5 in southern Manitoba. They should find the best route to get around the lakehead and get to Sarnia. Well, uh, and, can, I, can I point, excuse me, can I point something out? Energy East had the had just exactly that line that you're talking about, man. I got a very, uh, you know, it's all wistful thinking. My point is that whatever the situation, we have allowed ourselves to leave our energy security for our two main provinces in the hands of a foreign power. Unconscionable. Thank you, Barry. I have to move on, sir. Thank you. I think I have to move on. Shields, um, one of the things that uh, that uh, that is good news is that you 
in many cases, you're going to save, and I mentioned this yesterday, and I've done a little bit more checking. On a number of appliances, you can save some money and some healthy money by shopping at Shields. If you go to their website and you compare some of the prices, some of the sale prices, and in some cases, four and $500 off, for example, on various appliances at Shields, you'll, you'll be very surprised to see that these prices not only are competitive with many of the prices, the big box stores, but in some cases, beat them. Plus the fact you're dealing with a local family business and you can have delivery probably in two or three days. Why? I mean, if you can get just as good a price or maybe a better price, why would you not deal with a local family business with a wonderful reputation? Shields.ca. John. Um, I'm picking up my new glasses this afternoon. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, the struggle is real. Anne says Canada has left her energy protection and pharmaceutical production to others, so we are vulnerable. Here's a text lol for you at 613-413-2217. It's sad to see this fight over Line 5. Folks in the West are enjoying listening to the people in the East crying now about oil. You Easterners voted for this party. Enjoy your heating bill this winter. Emails to Lowell at BlastTheRadio.com. First up is Lisa. Lowell, many people will only ever learn by being spoon-fed their educations, or in the case of Line 5, through hardships. If it's shut down, they'll have to ration fuel and freeze come winter. Prepare to stay home or pay through the nose to travel. Our friend Rob in Carlton Place is next up, also by email. He says, I don't blame Whitmer. I blame the environmental groups in Canada, the Ontario and Quebec governments in Canada, and the federal government in Canada. Being completely dependent on this one pipeline is a Canadian problem, and it looks like until we are freezing in the dark, no one in Canada is going to do anything about it. Let me, excuse me, let me explain Energy East. There is a pipeline that comes, it's all Canadian route. As a matter of fact, it passes within, excuse me, passes within uh, a couple of thousand yards from where I am right now. I can show you the pipeline. And uh, it brings right now natural gas from Alberta down through and ends at Cornwall. That, that pipeline already exists. The energy, and it supplies, that's where we get most of our natural gas from. That pipeline, the idea with Energy East was that the pipeline would be converted. They would take natural gas out of it and run oil through it. And then they would build a new pipeline from Cornwall through to St. John's, New Brunswick, and the big Irving refinery there, which would supply uh, the Atlantic provinces and Quebec with all of the, the gas and oil that they need. But because Energy East was not was, was canceled, that pipeline still has natural gas running through it right now as I speak. So that that was the plan. Now, I suppose if they cut off line five, we could do that. We could stop running natural gas through there. We'd have to get natural gas from another source and run oil. But what the point I'm trying to make is if we'd gone ahead with Energy East, that would already be available. We would have a, a major oil source available running through to Cornwall. We might have to build a little bit of, a, of another pipeline through the, to the refinery at Sarnia. I don't want to get too technical here, but all I'm saying is if we had the Energy East project, we wouldn't have to worry about Line 5. But... Justin Trudeau and you liberals and you NDPs and you environmentalists out there and your infinite wisdom, you said, no, no, we don't want pipelines. We want imported oil and we want, don't want national energy security. 
Thank you very much. Go ahead, John. Uh, Eric. We haven't heard from Eric yet. Here we go. Remember in the 60s, our government was pushing hard to go clean, go electric. There were even little door stickers handed out to everyone that converted. Look what happened there. Now we cannot afford electric heat and soon won't be able to afford uh, CNG or propane. Uh, All these natural resources in abundance in Canada screwed again. Murray says you can buy coal, but the carbon tax will kill you. Craig says Ontario and Quebec would be short 45% of their current oil. Joshua chimes in to say energy future at stake, not a peep in the news. Why? Well, there's a couple of brief stories. Because, um, you know what? Because I think that most reporters today, uh, they, they don't know how to do research. Uh, they, you know, they just, they, they take the easy stuff and not only that, but there is great reluctance in most segments of the mainstream media to carry any stories are in any way negative about the liberal party. Let's be honest. We've talked about this before. Now, if line five, if line five is shut down, all hell will break loose, but you you know what? In all probability, Trudeau will not be blamed. He will not be held responsible in any way. It'll be, I don't know, Doug Ford's problem, I guess. Go ahead, John. Have you got some more? We're almost out of time here. We do. Lisa says this is the main reason why my brother uh, sold his home in Embrun. She's talking about the uh, wind farms. Didn't want to lose property value due to the windmills. We had another listener comment earlier. I didn't get a chance to cut and paste it, but she said I can walk. She's in Embrun. She says I can walk out my door, go a block, and I can see them. Uh, Helen said, oh, here we are. There are windmills near Embrun. All I have to do is walk one block and I can see them. There you are. Yeah, it's the, it's the nation. This was completed back in June. The, the calls yesterday and a couple of days before said there was going to be a new project with 700. No, there's about 300 windmills. Uh, Doug Ford did everything he could to stop this. They, in fact, they did, they did stop it, but it was overturned. The ban was overturned in a superior court. And so the project went ahead. There's about 300 windmills there. And as I say today, 42 windmill farms, including the one near Embram, uh, producing a bit, all of the windmills and the solar panels producing less than 5% of what we need. Beautiful, beautiful. John? Last word to Mike today. Lowell, I thought pipelines had some type of sensor every so many miles. How did the pipeline in California leak for so long without anybody noticing? I have no idea. Okay. I, I just point. I just point out that this this is this has exacerbated the problem because there is a pipeline leak in California caused by an anchor that wasn't supposed to be there. That that is just in you know. So here's Whitmer saying, "Hey, you see what happened in California? Well, anchors are dropping on the pipeline under the Straits of Mackinac. The same thing could happen here. You can understand the ammunition that it provides." Thank you all, folks. We're right out of time. Thank you. We'll be back. No, I'm sorry, John. I will not be here tomorrow. Oh, I'm off. Uh, they're going to check out my pacemaker to see if the battery is still going. Excellent. Uh, I, on- I only live as long as my batteries, so we got to make sure they're still going. <laughs> Thank you all. We'll be back. The Lowell Green Show is seen and heard live around the world at 2 p.m. Eastern. Connect with us online at blasttheradio.com slash Lowell Green. Can't join us live? Download the Lowell Green Podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play the Lowell Green Podcast. This is a production of blasttheradio.com.